Hey, what's up, guys? We are so excited that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online community at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can connect and engage with other Grace members around the world. So, we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in. We have another special guest today who's not really a special guest. He's part of the, the Grace family. And so, if you guys would help us welcome back our friend, Reggie Dabbs. Love you, bro. Good morning, church. Come on now, somebody look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, turn to the other neighbor, say it again. All right, all right, all right. Oh, y'all ain't ready. Oh, that, oh, just let, to let you know, I am the opening of the new Sunday series, Christmas time. So today, our first sermon is on Christmas. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. That wasn't good. You know what, you know, you got to be in the mode. I know you got to, let me get you in that kind of spirit, all right? So everybody take both hands and put them together real fast. Ready, go. That's called a clap. You might need to use that. Oh, what can I do? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'm going to take you to where I grew up. I grew up in the hills of Tennessee, East Tennessee, called the Smoky Mountains. And whenever Christmas came around, there's a couple of songs I used to like pull out my little saxophone. Her name's Little Debbie. Because she's sweeter than a tasty cake. Word. So I'm going to play you my favorite Christmas song. Are you ready? This is going to get you in the mood. Here we go. It's going to be a good day. I got to get that up. Turn that up a little more, mister.
right now. You gotta find five people. Look them in the eye and say Merry Christmas. Come on, come on, to five people. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's four. All right, that's five. All right, stay standing. Now everybody clap your hands. Just put them together. I'm gonna finish this song. Here we go. Sit down. All right, all right, all right. Now y'all starting to starting to feel it a little bit, aren't you? But I can't stop right there. We got to take it a little deeper. So if you have an AARP card in your wallet or purse, <laughs> you're going to know what to sing back to me on this one. If you're a little kid, I'm sorry. <laughs> but just watch an adult. They're going to help you on this one. Y'all ready? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, after this song, the season is on.
when I, when I leave here, I'm going to uh, Philadelphia. I hate Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be in Philadelphia, New, New York, and New Jersey for the next three weeks doing public schools. But also, I get to do something I haven't done for about 15 years. 15 years ago, um, I went to Atlantic City, and we did every kid kindergarten through 12th grade. And then on the Saturday and Sunday, this year it'll be the, I think the 10th, 11th, something like that, we will feed 10,000 homeless street people in two days with Red Cross, the um, Salvation Army Red Kettle. And they invited me back. When I did this 15 years ago, uh, my son, he, he's like, he's like, he would be like, Dad, give me a dollar. Dad, give me 10. Dad, give me 15. Dad, give me a 20. And he kept coming back asking for money. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm giving it to the poor people. And I didn't have a choice. I had to give it to him. Because I looked at him. I said, if you see a need, find the answer and do what you got to do. He says, they have a need. Your wallet is the answer. So I'm going to help them. It's great. I should be careful how you teach your children. <laughs> yes, it's great. And that's the way we taught him. So we were doing this. And I had to do six services in one day as we fed them. They did them in shifts. The very last one, very last service, uh, for some reason, after playing all the Christmas songs, I dropped that one, What a Wonderful World. And this man openly, so openly started weeping uncontrollably. The song I played at the very end of the whole thing, I went over and I hugged him and I said, Hey, what can I do for you? What, what, can I, what can I pray with you about? And he looked up and he goes, that song, why did you do that song? I said, I don't even know. I haven't done it. This is number six, and I added a song. Usually I get rid of one because <laughs> I'm tired. He goes, well, I got to give you something because you played that song. And he reached in his coat, pulled out a gun. Now, you got choices. <laughs> you either run or you go, well, Merry Christmas. Thank you. I chose number two, and he gave me the gun. And he goes, you don't understand. He goes, I decided my life is over, and I wanted to have one more meal, and I knew you were giving this meal, and then I was outside during the first the, the service before this one, and you didn't even do that song. But when you played that song, when I walked in the building, I said, Mom or God, whoever's there, if you care about me, give me a sign. He said, that was my mom's favorite song. And he gave his life to Jesus. That's awesome. It's just awesome. Now, after we do this next Christmas song, I'm going to go and preach you a little sermon today. And you're going to like it. Early service. I, nobody was breathing, okay? It was like, it scared me. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, the book of Isaiah chapter 9. If you got your Bible, you could go there. Or if you don't, this is a modern church. It's one of those up-to-date churches. This is Grace Assembly of God in Indiana. They'll put the Bible on the screen, all right? I'm just saying, because it's the Word of God up in here, all right? So everybody, look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to sing. Look at your other neighbor and say, you got to do this one. But I decided to do this one the way I grew up hearing it. See, it's one thing to do Christmas music. It's another thing to do Christmas music with a brother playing the organ.
Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. If you would like to turn there, let's turn to that famous scripture of old. It was 700 years before the birth of Jesus. In the book of Isaiah, these words were written. So in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, the Bible says, now it's a lot of, I said in early service, sometimes when I said the Bible says, it's like the Bible says. I'm like, why you say it like that? Because I want you to know who said it. It ain't no big deal if I said it. It ain't no big deal if anybody else says it. But when the Bible says it, you better pay attention. Because the Bible will never return void. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, let's have a little church. What do you say? It's a little cold outside. We might as well get a little warmed up on the inside. So let me read it to you. Bible says, Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Ooh, I like it back here. I don't even need my glasses to read this. Y'all better be glad because I'm about, okay, oh, here it is. For to us, everybody say us. Every time we see the word us, I need you to just yell it out loud. I'll read everything else, but you need to know why Christmas exists. I'm going to keep going. Five of y'all got it. For to a child is born. To a son is given. Okay, that was so good. I'm going to stop and we're going to do that one more time. Some of you are like, why do I have to do it again? If you want the Colts to win a football game today, you need to help me out. If you're in mourning and you're an Ohio State fan, go blue. All right, here we go. That was for one person who told me a month and a half ago Michigan was going to lose. And they're here, so I just decided to gloat. For unto a child is born, to a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder. Dude, I love that. Every time I hear anything political, I remember this scripture. Because it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican. You know whose shoulder they're standing on? J-E-S-U-S, baby. That's who they're standing on. They get elected because of Jesus. They're in office because of Jesus. They get delected because of Jesus. I don't think I want that to happen, though. On his shoulders is the government. And he will be called, oh, okay, if he's holding the government, then who's holding the government? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's good scripture right there. And today, the first sermon in our Christmas season, I need to tell you what I know. If you look up here, you'll see that ever since they brought the table out, there's a shoebox. This is not just any shoebox. I need to just take you down a journey with this shoe. Would anyone go on a ride with me this morning? Just wave if you're going to go on a ride with me. Thank you very much. I, pre- I got I to get a bus. <laughs> but I want to explain where this came from and why this is up here today. And it could help you this morning. I'm thinking it can help you. But I need to take a commercial break. Here it is. If you are a sinner, if you, let me put it in the words of my neighborhood, If you nasty, and if you like your nasty, and you love being a sinner, and you love your sin, you may have partaken in it this morning before you even got called to come to church. Then if that's you, do me a big favor, because if you love being nasty, you need to get as far away from my voice as you possibly can. The more you hear me, the more in jeopardy your sin is at leaving you. The more you hear this sermon, 
the more in jeopardy your nasty is is being turning from sorrow to joy. So you need to get your stuff and go. Now, you know what's good? Ain't nobody gonna go. Because if you get up, your whole row is gonna go, mm-hmm. You know he nasty, I'm just saying. So y'all might as well just settle in. And if you had eight cups of coffee, you better pray that I get through this fast. Now we good, we're gonna beat the Baptist to the buffet. That was actually funny. Somebody online's like, I'm Baptist. Oh, that's great, that's great. His name is Timmy, Timmy O'Neill. Now, Timmy O'Neill was a typical kid. He had good days, he had bad days, but almost every day was good because he absolutely loved his mom and dad. But how many of you know if a preacher is going to use an illustration that that preacher is about to say something like this, but one day? You know why we use those phrase, but one day? Because that's where we live. There's a sermon someday I got to preach it to you. It's called Silent Saturday. <laughs> you see, Jesus died on Friday, gave his life for the world. And on Sunday, he rose again. But on Saturday, you never hear from Jesus. On Friday, God moved a stone. God, God let his son die. He tore the temple, the curtain that separated God from man. On Sunday, that, tone, that, that stone exploded. And God told his son to get up. But on Saturday, from God, you heard nothing. On Friday, God spoke so loud that even the dead people in the graveyard came back to life. Could you imagine that dude who married his best friend's wife? And that dude came back to life. <laughs> oh, man. Lifetime Channel ain't got nothing on that show right there. I just, that's, that's, I just added that, all right? But Timmy, let me tell you what happened. Everything was great, everything was fine, till one day his mom started coughing. The coughing turned into vomiting, and the vomiting was blood. When dad got home, they took her to the hospital. Hospital said they needed to do a biopsy. The biopsy was sold. There was cancer, stage four. She needed chemo. All this is happening while dad's trying to work. He did one job, two job, three job, worked on the weekend. Little Timmy took care of his mom. He knew she liked ice chips. Whatever he had to do, he had to do. But she got worse and worse. Dad, no more money, nothing to do. A friend at work says, I'll give you a gun. Just rob that store. He would never do that, but he had no word of choice. He said, I'll do it, but make sure there ain't no gun, no bullet in the gun. But they forgot about the one in the chamber. The bullet goes off, the clerk dies, and dad is in prison for life for murder. Child services does a little report. They come and see, and they see that Timmy's mom is too weak to take care of him, so they take Timmy, and they say, we'll take care of your mom. They put her in hospice, and Timmy they put in a house with a man and a woman. Her name was Mary, his name was David. Timmy showed up on a Saturday morning. When he got there on Saturday, they simply said, we gotta have fun, we gotta get him to know us. So they went to the zoo, then they went bowling, then they went to, to, to Chuck E. Cheese. Don't ever take your children to Chuck E. You know how many diseases are rolling in that joint? As the nastiest place in the world. You're like, forget COVID. COVID is nothing compared to what can get on you at Chuck E. Cheese. 
And who in the world wants to go eat pizza with a rat? <laughs> Obviously, they're not from New York City. Okay, let's, okay, I'm sorry, I'm back. I'm back, it's all right, I'm back. <laughs> Halfway through the day, they go to dinner. When they go to dinner, they're getting out of the car after they've out their whole day. And, and, and David noticed that Timmy, everywhere, every time, everywhere, he had, he had a shoebox. He had a shoe. He would leave his backpack, but he'd had his shoe. He would never go out. And so the Sunday morning, they're getting ready to go to church. The first Sunday he'd ever been to that church. And David goes, hey, little brother, what's in that shoebox? And Timmy looked at him and said, stuff. And David said, cool. That's all I need to know. He told his wife it was a bomb. <coughs> Wasn't a bomb. So they go to church. Now, this is old school church, y'all. Some of y'all don't even know. Did you know they used to do Sunday school? Didn't go to church? And Sunday school was crazy. Timmy walked in. And every boy in the class is his age. And there's like 25 of them. And they're all 10 years old. And his teacher, her name was Sister Rice. And she chose to teach that class. Hold on. There's something wrong with my story this morning. Why was Sister Rice, I'll take them. She had a way of doing stuff that it can only keep a 10-year-old in line. Number one, there was nobody in the back row. Her entire room was one big circle. Everybody's on the front row. Number two, she had a four-foot ruler. <laughs> if you made a wrong comment, if you did something that she did not like, she was Zorro's mom. That ruler would come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, when you went to church, everybody knew you got in trouble because there was a 4FT up on your forehead. You couldn't rub it off, couldn't wash it off. It had to wear off, y'all. When she was in charge, then Monday was the first day of school, first day of school. He went to school on Monday, and uh, David was a little worried because he came downstairs to go to school, and he had his shoebox under his arm Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, by Thursday on the playground. Kids were looking at him going, yo, Timmy, what's in the shoebox? And he said, stuff. And no one messed with him. By Friday, the teacher said, Timmy, I have something for you, your math test. She gave it to him, and it was an A+, and it had a star, and she wrote a note. You are doing so good. I'm so glad you're in my class. And he ran home because he knew when he got home, he was promised on Monday. You see, Mary told him, said, on Friday, I make cookies, and I'm the best cookie maker on the face of the planet Earth, and I'm going to make you cookies on Friday. He ran home. He got to the yard. He could smell the cookies of peanut butter, oatmeal and raisin, chocolate chip. Some of y'all hungry too. You didn't think you'd be hungry after Thursday, but all of a sudden, reality's today. It's time to eat again. Y'all know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, he ran in. He could smell the cookies. And she said, hey, before that, something came in the mail. It's a letter from your mom. And he went, what? He goes, go wash your hands, and I'll read it to you. He came back down. He jumped in the chair on her lap, and Mary read a letter from his mom. Every Friday after that, she made cookies, and every Friday after that, there was a letter from his mom. That's good people, isn't it? Hey, this next commercial break, and it's my last one, I just need to thank every volunteer 
who's about to help in two weeks with this Christmas store. Because it may not look like it today, but I was one of those kids. There was no presence unless it came from the church. Sometimes there was no meal unless it came from the church. If you're brand new, I grew up in the foster care system like Timmy. He got to know his mom and dad. I never got to know mine. Am I telling you this to feel sorry for me? No. I'm telling you this because churches like you, boys like me become men like me. And I want to thank you for what you're about to do to 400 kids plus. And if I was here, I'd volunteer. Now listen very carefully because this is where it gets interesting. Once a month, Timmy went and saw his dad in jail. He went to saw his dad. He went and, and, and David and Mary would drive 45 minutes and they would sit there and they would talk. One time they came, it was right before Christmas. It was like right after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas. And all of a sudden they go to the jail and the security guard comes out and he goes, hey, I'm sorry. They tried to call, but you were already on your way. Uh, Timmy, Timmy's dad, he's not able to see him today. And David goes, we drove 45 minutes. It's in, they said, you hang hash. He says, no, 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 it wasn't our idea. It was his. He said he did not want to see him. As a matter of fact, he told me to tell you, here's a letter. He never wants to see him again. They get in the car and they start driving. And Timmy goes, what happened? Is there something wrong? David goes, I will never lie to you. They said that your dad doesn't want to see you. They gave a letter, so we'll go home and warm up some cookies and Mary will read it to you, okay? He goes, okay. When they got home, they opened the letter. Mary started crying. She couldn't read it. David took the letter and he started and it said, uh, Timmy, I just want you to know you'll never see me again because I need you to know this is all your fault. That your mom got cancer because of you. That I'm in jail because of you that a man was killed because of you. And I never want to see you again. Don't ever come back to this jail. Don't ever come back to this prison. Forget I was ever born. He said, can I have that? He took the letter and he goes, I'll be right back. And he went upstairs. They can hear him crying. He comes back down and he goes, is there any way I can call my mom? They go, yes, you can call your mom. So they called the mom, the hospice, and the hospice said, I'm sorry, they rushed her to the hospital this morning. It doesn't look good. Matter of fact, they wondered if you could take Timmy to the hospital. So they went to the hospital. They walk in. Timmy saw his mom. She said, I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. Your dad, he's wrong. You're the best gift we ever had. And one hour after they left the hospital, she passed away. All in one day. Now I know, look at you. You're looking at me like, this is the most depressing Christmas sermon I have ever heard in my entire life. But you have to know, I ain't done yet. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, it's Sunday. Touch your other neighbor and say, it's Sunday. On that Sunday, Timmy, he got to his Sunday school class. Sister Rice had everyone sit down, and she said, in two weeks' time, it's time for the Christmas play. And the kids went crazy. Everybody knew what they wanted to do. She goes, wait a minute. She goes, Timmy, you're new. You got to be a part of the Christmas play. What do you know about the Christmas story? And all he remembered was the week before, they talked about three wise men. And he goes, the wise men who bring the gifts, 
I love gifts. I want to be a wise man. And three boys went, you ain't going to be no wise man. We're the three wise men. All of a sudden, three boys went to Sunday service with four T on their forehead. <laughs> Sister Rice went off, and she just went off. She went, y'all better shut up. I ain't playing with you. If we want to have four kings, we'll have four kings. Matter of fact, we're having four. Me, four wise men this year. And Timmy's the fourth. Now go to church. Timmy, stay for a second. Everybody left. She looked at Timmy and said, baby, look at me. They ain't never been for a wise man. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to find something more precious than anything else to lay at the feet of Jesus. We got gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but I need you to come up with something special that you would want to give to Jesus. Now, those of you in this room who love those Hallmark Christmas movies, you know exactly what that boy chose to put at the feet of Jesus. For the rest of us normal humans, Y'all got it? Cool. Then it came. It was time for the play. When the play started, they did all the things that you would do. They even sing songs like this one. Help me. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing remember was born dog to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Old tidings. Oh no, that was black. They had to pause right there. Y'all didn't get it, but it's okay. Old tidings. Then it came time for the wise men to walk in, and there they were. The four wise men. The senior pastor was on the front row scrolling through his Bible to see what he missed that day. But one had gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and as they laid them at the feet of Jesus, hey, came the shoebox. Timmy acted like he had the most precious gift of all because he did because it came from him. When he laid that shoebox down, I just need to let y'all know it was very important because we all know that gold is the most precious commodity known to mankind since Jesus' time. We know that frankincense can turn any room into a sweet fragrance. And they say when Jesus shows up, the atmosphere changes. And myrrh? Myrrh is the key ingredient in embalming fluid. You didn't know that. But when Jesus was born, he was still reminded of what he came to do. And the fourth, the shoebox, is what he came to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, touch your neighbor and say, the program's over. All oh, the kids were happy, though, because at the end of the program, they got to get punching cookies, not just any cookies, but Miss Mary's cookies. The kids went to the gym. They ate cookies. They had a good time. Everybody was happy. Everybody was festive. But in a way to get home, you had to walk through the auditorium. Even Mrs. Iverson was there. Timmy's school teacher and as everybody was walking through the back of the auditorium Mary and David and Mrs. Iverson looked up front and they noticed something here it is the gold the frankincense the myrrh was all there but the shoebox was gone hmm that moment through the pearly gates in heaven an angel came flying through with a shoebox under his arm. He went straight, straight to the throne. He bowed low and he said, Jesus, 
Is this what you were looking for? And Jesus said, yes, yes, yes. And Jesus took the shoebox and he looked at his father and said, I went to earth for this. I died and rose again for this. And God the Father said, yes, son, you did. And he opened the lid. Oh, I know. You people want to know what was in the shoebox. The first thing that almost fell out was a math paper with the note that Mrs. Iverson left saying, I'm so glad you're in my class. It was every letter that his mom ever wrote him. And there was a letter that he wished his dad had never gave him. Every hurt, every sorrow, every pain, every disappointment. He laid it at the feet of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I do things a little different. But let me just wrap it up into one more. Eh, two verses. In the book of Matthew, as you see on the screen, the Bible says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Lean on me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I don't know who needs rest this morning, but whatever it is that's making you restless, why don't we put it in a shoebox and lay it at the feet of Jesus? Whatever it is that's got you hurting today, let's put it in a shoebox and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Whatever your concern, your need, your sorrow, your struggle is, put it at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because he was born. Man, what a strange way to save the world. There's a song that says that Joseph stood at the manger and he simply said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why here inside a stable full of hay? Why now with all the rulers in the world? Why him? This is such a strange way to save the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus was born the way he should in a palace, he wouldn't be able to reach someone as lowly as me. But he came where he came so that he could reach us all. Our job is to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you, God, that no matter what we go through, we're not a target, we're an arrow. God, I pray this morning through a simple story of a simple boy with simple faith. Help us do the simple act of giving you our hurt, our pain, our sorrow, our disappointments, our needs our struggles. With every head bowed, no one looking around. The Bible says in Matthew, if you declare me before men, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. So I always give people a chance to respond to a sermon. And the response is simple. Some of you have been carrying a lot of stuff. Some of you, you don't need a, you don't need a shoebox, you need a suitcase. Some of you can't even use a suitcase, you need a trunk. Some of you need a U-Haul. I'm just saying, because you got a lot going on. But guess what? Jesus came, died, and rose again. And he can handle your U-Haul. He's just waiting for you to give it to him. So I've decided to be generous because it's the Christmas season. Usually I give people seven seconds to respond to my sermon. But today, Merry Christmas, you get 15 seconds. So if you're carrying something really heavy, you're carrying something that was hard to even come to church this morning. If you woke up at 3 o'clock this morning and said, why me? 
that I'm just nothing but the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card from heaven you ever seen. And I came to tell you to give it to Jesus. I want to pray for everyone who wants to lay it at Jesus' feet. So here it is. I'm going to start at 15, go to zero. If you're standing by the time I get to zero, you're saying, I'm giving this to Jesus. Do I need to know what it is? No. You know what you're giving to him. You just got to give it to him. And if that's you, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord. And there's people standing all over. There's even people walking forward. That's cool. You want to come? Come on. Matter of fact, come on down. Everybody who's standing, let me get close to you. Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to stand on the edge here. got a family member or friend, just come with them. Come with them. I didn't do this early service, but I'm going to do it now. Why am I doing it now? Because see, when we move, it's physical. When we pray, it's spiritual. But when you put those together, supernatural can happen in your life, especially in a room like this. He's here. The one in a manger is not a baby anymore. He's a king. The one in manger is not a child anymore. He's a savior. You can do this. Come on. Come on. In Jesus' name. Everybody left in your seat, take your right hand and stretch it this way. Look at the hurt. Look at the sorrow of people just wanting to lay it down. I know some of you have been carrying this for more than just a week or a month or a year. Some of you, you've been hurting for a long time. But somehow today, you decided to give it to Jesus. So we're stretching our hands towards you and we're going to pray. Father, I pray right now, God, you know. You know, you know, you know what these people are going through. You know what they're carrying. You know the sorrow. You know the hurt. You know the pain. You know the shame. But Jesus, you are the answer. Not for one, not for some, but for every need, every person here. So Jesus, as we lay it at the feet of Jesus, send your angel to carry that need to your throne. You weep over us like you wept over the woman who lost her son. Answer the cry of their hearts this morning. Give them peace today. Make a way out of no way. Turn their darkness into day. God, somehow before it becomes a reality that you changed their situation, let them leave this room with faith. Faith. They're saying, I'm letting go and I'm letting God. Let that faith rise in Jesus' name I pray. Answer the cry of their heart. Now don't move. Just sing this chorus with me. We're proclaiming this. How great is our God. Everybody in the church, sing with me. How great is our God. Sing with me how great Even in the struggle. Is our God. Even in the pain.
Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's not a service that I leave without giving someone an opportunity to let Jesus be Lord of their life. Maybe you the nasty brother, the nasty sister that came in with sin in your life. I told you to leave, but you didn't. So now let's come home. Let's come to Jesus. So we're going to say this prayer together from the back to the front, left to the right. We're all saying it together because we're family. Amen. You know if you need this prayer. You ready? Everybody say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today I realize I need you. I cannot change my past. I'm giving you my future. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And in Jesus' name, only through Jesus can I say these words. I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Now listen, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Pastor, come here. We're going to pick up where you're the name above all names. There's no one looking around. Matthew says, declare me before man, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. Some of you are still in your seats, some of you up front. You said that prayer, asking God to forgive you of your sin. If you needed that prayer this morning, then on three, I want you to look up and wave at Pastor. Pastor's going to wave back at you. We're going to sing, he's the name above all names. And then he's going to close in prayer. But you need to go public for Jesus. So I want every former sinner who, when you came in this service, you were a real sinner. But because of the prayer you prayed, you're a former sinner now. On three, I want you to wave at Pastor. He's going to wave back at you. Ready? One, two, three, go. Wave at him. Wave at him. He's waving back. He's the name above all names. Come on. Thank Reggie for coming again, encouraging us. I'm gonna ask Reggie to come up here. Reggie, come here. Hey, um, if you've been here this last month, you know that even within this uh, this congregation, there's hurting people up here every week, right? Aren't you glad you're part of a church that cares about hurting people? And again, it's not just our pastor, it's the church, and you are the church, and you care for hurting people. Look around you, they're all around you. But I felt real impressed after first service to encourage us as we go out this month, and we're busy, busy at Christmas time, but everywhere you go, there's somebody that's hurting around you. There's Timmy's all around us. And if we just stop and see him, and just, sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's a encouragement. Maybe it's a, waitress or waiter that's kind of stressed out instead of adding them to the stress why don't we just bless them a little extra tell them god loves them so i encourage you to take this month but i just want us to pray for reggie 
because he was here last month and to go into the schools and he does this. You've been doing this how many, 40 years now? 40 years. And he still has a passion because he walks in there and he sees Timmy every week, right? He sees Reggie's every week and he's about to go at this season for three weeks straight. He, he's a road warrior, this guy, okay? And he encourages us like crazy, but can we encourage him? This is perfect. Let's just reach your hand towards Reggie. Father, we thank you for Reggie. We thank you for his heart to bring hope. You said that those who've been forgiven much forgive a lot. Those who have been loved much love a lot. And we thank you that Reggie knows where he's come from and that's why he loves. He knows the teacher cared for him. He knows people in the church loved him and cared for him. But Lord, he brings that message. And so we pray right now, we lift his hands up to you, Lord. He comes to the end of the year, been a busy, busy year. But Father, we pray that you would give him supernatural strength, that give him favor as he travels, as he walks into those schools and into the, the churches and into the Salvation Army. Wherever he goes, Lord, I pray there to be people that lives will be changed forever because he listened to your voice. And he took that step and he brought that hope, Lord. And I just pray just would just put a hedge of protection around him, a special anointing upon him as he goes into this new year. And Father, I pray for 2024 to be his best year ever, Lord. We pray to bless his wife, his children, Father, everybody in his life, Lord. I pray that you would just bless Reggie and may he know that we're standing with him and we're praying with him as he goes forward in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Hey. Can you guys put him on your list when, he, when, when, you, when you think of Reggie, pray for him as he travels, okay? Hey, we're so glad you guys came today. Turn and greet somebody, give him a hug, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to the Grace Assembly of God podcast so you're up to date on all sermons. Also, if you want more Grace content, make sure you subscribe to the Deeper Grace Podcast, where Pastor Wayne will dive deeper into his most recent message. Have a great week, and God bless.